to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Dr. Wayne Wright is an executive chairman, investor, and business author who helps entrepreneurs break the glass ceiling of growth and profitability to create multiple seven and eight figure businesses. Dr. Wayne has extensive senior and board level experience, and with a scientific background, he's invested primarily in healthcare businesses across the UK and in the US. He's named on nine global patents, and in this episode, we focus a lot on innovation and the protection and value of trademarking and patenting your products. Dr. Wayne's corporate and turnaround experience for VCs and the serving of those high-value growth businesses have created learning and principles that he packaged into his new book, The Ten Commandments of Business Growth, and his online course for business leaders and their executive teams, business growth, strategy, and execution. I'm sure you'll love this interview between us. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. I have a very exciting guest for you, as always, Dr. Wayne Wright. Welcome, Dr. Wayne. Hey, Wayne is good, Jane. Wayne is good. Um, doctors Wayne. are for, for tax collectors and for <laughs> booking nice restaurants, but no, Wayne's fine. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm good, thank you. So, so Wayne, you have such an interesting career as a serial entrepreneur. You've got decades in healthcare. You've launched products. Uh, you've scaled products. You know all about innovation and patents, and that's one of the things that we're really going to be going into today. And you also have an executive coaching business, so you help C-suite executives and entrepreneurs with their own business growth. So we're going to talk about both of those things, but it's just to say it's great to have you ah, on the show. Pleasure to be here. Ah, thank you. Let's get into this whole thing about healthcare and about launching products within healthcare and love to hear where you are at the moment about your journey and, and what it is that you're doing right now. Yeah, it's a bit of an eclectic career, to be fair, really. I, I obviously, clearly, I, I'm not medical professional in that respect, but I'm a scientist by training. And and I've been fortunate to be involved in quite a few, you know, corporate type organizations, principally on the research de- development side, and then moving on to more operations, and then obviously on the commercial side as well in terms of businesses. So very, very much, you know, innovation, creating new things, developing new things, it's a bit, bit in the blood type of thing. And one thing that I've noticed, certainly from the, my corporate days and then moving towards what I've been doing over the last sort of 20 years and investing in other businesses here and in the US, is that without exception, developing products, making a difference, breaking things to make a difference to customers, distinguish those companies in terms of their growth than any other business. And so every time we talk to, I talk to people, I talk to companies, I always say to them, what is a central plank that makes you different and unique? And innovation provides you that opportunity to distinguish yourself from any other, any other, you know, company, any other competitor in the marketplace. Yeah. And when we look at 
all the um, companies and organizations and those who do really, really well, innovation, product development, differentiate in terms of customer service, delivery, whatever it is, those things that make that demonstrable difference to the competitors, those businesses excel, succeed, and grow faster than anything else. So it's a concept and a, and a practice that has defined the best businesses from the, the, the also rounds, as they say. Well, that's really, really interesting. And a lot of people that listen to the show will be thinking, well, how can I be more innovative in my business then? If, innov- if innovation is something that that the most successful businesses are all doing, how can I actually apply this concept to my own business? So what what would you say, Wayne? Well, the key thing is uh, really, first of all, just take a step back and think about why you do you exist as a business? What makes you unique? What makes you such that people would come to you rather than to somewhere else? Because if you can crystallize that, that kernel, that nugget of information in terms of what distinguishes you, what makes you different, then it allows you to augment that with other product services that defines what that is. So, for example, sometimes we think that, oh, innovation, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's, it's around if you can, if you've got a product, you know, creating new products, patented products, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a little while, trademarking your products, design trademarking, all those sort of things that come, come about in terms of building the brand. But think of innovation as the, the principle of breaking things. Uh-huh. In other words, what can I do in my business that allows customers to do business better with me. Mm-hmm. Is my service that good? Is it similar? When you say your same quality, and you hear people say, oh, what makes you different? Well, our quality is better. It doesn't mean anything. Everybody's no. quality is better. So what do you mean by quality is better? So you've yeah. got to define what that is. And if that definition of your quality is demonstrably different from the quality of your competitor, that is an innovation step forward. Uh-huh. If it's delivery, it's the same thing. If it's your customer processes, if it's a way that you can engage with your clients effectively, answering their queries on a faster basis, easier basis, all those things that distinguish yourself is all about innovation. It's all about doing things differently, but also making it easier for your customers to do business with you. Yes, and I, I love that. And I love the thing that you picked up on, which was the vague and fuzzy claim, because surely innovation and being a scientist, I'm sure that you'll agree with this, is about demonstrable statistics as well, isn't it? Data that that means that if you do things better, that maybe you do things 50% better or 25% faster, or isn't it, does it have to be quantifiable to make it to make it real? Well, it would always help. It helps the argument because you're not, you're not you're qualifying it from a sort of a, you know, our, our quality is better. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But if our quality is 50% better than the, the competitors, and we can show you how, what that looks like, this quality yeah. is here. This is what this, these people define quality as. You remember the old washing machine adverts? And they used to show, you know, the, the garment that was really soiled and this one was sparkling <laughs> clean. I yeah. remember those, yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. So it's those sort of things. You're actually qualifying, not only qualifying, but quantifying the difference 
visually so that the customer is under no illusion you are better than somebody else. Yeah, so to be better than somebody else, then you have to really map the market, don't you? You have to be very conscious of who your competitors are and who your potential clients are speaking to and see and know actually what they're doing as well, don't you, and how they're doing it. Yeah, and, and the other element of, of this innovation piece is that you've got to know your customer. Absolutely, Jane. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we always push really effectively. And hence, the, our, the, the concept is, why do you exist? What is the customer's pain? What, what, is, what is the thing that gets your customers out of bed every morning? And that changes. I mean, crumbs, we've had COVID. Yes. Their expectations, their desires, their issues all changed during COVID. And if you were, if you were not a business that kept close to those customers and understood their needs, then clearly they're going to be looking elsewhere because they will think, oh, crumbs, you know, we did business with you, but you know, where are you? Why are you there where we are in our pain? And so it's really important to understand the customers, understand the customer needs, and then say to yourself, is my business meeting that need? Whether it's, you know, Fulfilling order in a timely manner, delivering things in a timely manner. Is my systems now not up to date because yeah. I'm lagging behind? You know, so therefore change the system. That's innovation. Yeah. You know, is my product now being superseded by somebody else coming to the marketplace? Why is that new product taking my market share? Yeah. Evaluate, understand, reconfigure. You know, that's innovation. So it's all those sort of things that we, we, we focus people to understand the needs and customers because you don't want to create systems, processes, products and be like, uh, and bless, um, our former Sir Clive Sinclair who died recently. You know, he created the C5. You may want to look it up on Google for those who probably, um, not on my age, as I say, <laughs> but he created a product. Because he thought it was good to create. It was ahead of its time, but nobody understood it. So therefore it never sold. And so that's the problem when you're not, you're not creating products, services that have anticipate the needs of customers. Then that's, that's where the issues come into play. But focus on the customer, then create your systems and processes and products to support and meet the needs of customers going forward. Yeah, that's a very, very fascinating topic, isn't it? And of course, a lot of people struggle with that because uh, particularly, I think my audience are often smaller businesses, SMEs, startups, solopreneurs, and so on. And they're like, well, how do I actually find out what the needs of my customers are? I can, obviously, I can speak to them. Is it just about speaking to them or should they be going a lot further than that? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, one-on-one, you know, customer relationship, speak to them, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's, it's funny, you know, we, we laugh about it because obviously we, we naturally do that as people, myself and you, Jane, and we know that we, I know you do that, but the amount of people and customers I talk to who do not understand or even communicate with their top customers. So let me give you your, your little audience little tip. I kid you not. And you can thank me for it. This is a little freebie on me, okay? <laughs> Talk to your top 10 customers this week. And I guarantee if you don't get any business out of them, then come and talk to me, you know? Because 
it's that communication. And, and when I say it's not a matter of say, oh, how are you, mate? It's about how are you? What are your challenges at this moment in time? And how can I help you? And it may be that you may not be able to help them, but you know what? You may know a man who can. Yes. And that builds a relationship that builds your brand and builds your, 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 that who are they going to turn to when they need help? They're going to turn to you. Yes. So you may not see the short term game. I'm sure you will do, but you certainly see the medium term and long term games. Top 10 customers. Who are your top 10 customers? Talk to them. Just pick up the phone and talk to them. You see, because invariably, once we get under the skin of our customers and understand what their needs are and, and activities, then we can say, okay, oh my gosh, they're going to acquire business in the next couple of years. Is my business fit now to double in size to cope with their business doubling in size? Yes. So at least it allows you to plan and to create a partnership relationship, which allows you to work towards ensuring that you are not left on the fence because now they're bigger, they're taking on somebody who's, you know, who's going to be doing all procurement. And before you know, you're out your, on your ear because you're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You don't have the financial stability to cope. Yes. So, you know, keeping that close relationship with them allows you to be able to say, okay, what are the things that are coming down the track that I may need to sort my systems out? Our delivery name money will be good enough if I've got now, you know, twice as much volume coming through. You know, so, so it's all those sort of things that allows you to plan ahead and to ensure that your business is fit to meet the needs of your customers for the future. Yeah, I think that's such a, a good point. Well, a good set of points, really. And of course, never assume as well, I think, because it's very, very easy to assume that we know what our clients are thinking. And I was just re- reminded of when I worked in TV, obviously, I was serving a lot of very high level people who are very busy. And I was also developing business. So I was trying to get new business from them. And eventually, I kind of stumbled across something. So I got this subscription to this kind of very much this insider, quite technical magazine that people didn't read normally because they just didn't have time. And I would regurgitate a few facts and statistics from this magazine when I met them. And I realized that actually becoming the go-to person that had this insider knowledge Mm, about mm. their industry, all of a sudden they wanted to talk to me because they thought every time they spoke to me, I'd be the curator of a single fact that would make them look better within their organizations. And it's funny because I would never have thought of that. I just kind of realized it after a while that actually they're really hungry for this information because they are supposed to be the innovators within their own organizations, but they haven't got the time. They're so busy firefighting that if I come to them with this information in this carefully curated form, that then all of a sudden I become a go-to person in their business. Yeah. And this, and this, you know, we need to get away from this notion of supplier client relationship. Uh, and, and that's really, really important not to fall into that trap because once you're a supplier, it demonstrates like demarcation lines. So in other words, yep. I can get rid of you just as much, just like that. Yep. Where if you create a partnership and you're such an integral part of that business, just like you were talking about, you become an integral part of that business. Yep. And it makes it easier for you to not only 
understand the next steps because they're going to be the one trust because your trust is so strong. Yes. They're going to be sharing with you their next steps. Yes. If you're a supplier, as far as they're concerned, you've got prescriptive um, terms and conditions that you need to fulfill and that's it. And if you don't yeah. fulfill that, we invoke the terms and conditions and you're out the door. Yes, exactly. So you become like an order taker as opposed to a pro, as you said, a proactive partner. Yeah. The difference is huge, isn't it? Massive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what we try and encourage our, our clients to eventually achieve, you know, on that sort of account management side. So hence, yeah. coming back to your, your question in terms of what can I do? Yeah, 101, talk to, to the folk. Second aspect is, is review your own performance with them. Mm-hmm. Find out what, you know, why, what, what you do well and what you don't do well. Yeah. You know, and if you, you know, simple things like customer satisfaction, you've got obviously you've got all the, the type of reviews that you see, like from TripAdvisors to Revolut or whatever it is, all those type of screening, customer satisfaction type reviews. But the key thing is understand what you're doing well, and what you're not doing well. Yeah. The things that you're doing well, you celebrate. The things that you're not doing well, you fix. And you fix quickly and you tell the client how you're fixing it and when it's going to be fixed. Yeah. Because again, that gives them this, again, the strength of that relationship that, you know, we really do value what you do. We're not just taking the, the order and the money and running. You know, we want to ensure that over a period of time, we delight you in our relationship and what we're trying to do with you. Yeah. You know, it's just everything that you're, you're talking about. I'm just thinking about my agency days and how, you know, agencies were always losing accounts. I just saw this all the time because obviously we were performing, for the most part, a specialist service. So we would often be brought into agency meetings and I work for big agencies as well. But then, you know, they'd lose the account and you'd hear from the client why they lost the account. And it was always just careless inattention. To be honest, that was really what was at the heart of it. And of course, there are there are other factors. The campaign isn't performing as well. But the thing that really made them lose the account was just actually, you know what, we just want to take your money and uh, do as little as possible for it. And nobody likes to feel like a mug, do they, in that respect? Totally. And us Brits are notorious for not saying anything and voting with our feet. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. And in America, they'll tell you straight off, you know, you're, you're rubbish, you're this and whatever. you got, you know, 10 days to fix it. Away you go. But in your face, you understand where you stand. Us Brits, we just wait until, the, you know, either there's a failure in the contract or it's come to determination. And before you know it, you're out the door. And what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? You know, it's too late. Yes. You know, so hence the customer satisfaction, the review, whatever you want to call it, the account management portion of what you can provide to your clients. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are, take the opportunity once a year, once every yeah. twice a year, whatever it is, sit down with the guys, you know, have a chat with them, bring them some donuts, whatever it is, you know, just smooth them for that particular time and yeah. really understand the good stuff and the bad stuff, whether it's formally or informally. And that makes a whole difference because it just says that you care, you care about doing business, you appreciate it's not forgiven, it's not forever, 
You don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you know, how can I put it? You don't want it to, in the sense of, you know. Have a senior um, moment. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to despise their patronage in terms of, you know, the business that they're giving you. You know, you, you want to be grateful for that because it's making a difference. And that's, that's what I'm trying to say in terms of, you know, you just be respectful of the fact that they have chosen you as a, you know, as a partner in, in helping them to fulfill their needs. So, yeah. so that's, that's the whole essence. And a little number tip as well. I'm giving all these tips away and I should be charging you guys for this, you know, but <laughs> a little, little, a little tip for your clients who maybe is accountants and whatever it is. And accountants uh, are notorious for they do your accounts and they're done. They're finished. And I always say to some of my clients who are accountants, I said, why don't you just have a review as part of the end of year accounts and say to that individual, what you've got going for the next year? What's your plans for the next two or three years? Because there may be some things that you can do, support them, whether they may be thinking of an acquisition, well, well okay, you need to prepare your accounts in a particular way for that acquisition. There may be some research and development. Oh, you can claim that back in R&D tax credits. And all these all other things that, you know, that you may be able to proactively add some additional services and therefore some revenue. But if you didn't ask the question, rather than just say, okay, by the way, here's the end of your accounts, which is a look backwards, don't yeah. look forward. It's a look backwards. You're not, you're yeah, not yeah. telling you how the business is going in the future. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, you get the surprise call, say, oh, by the way, my business is in, prob- in problems. If you had that chat at that moment in time, you may have helped them to foresee that and to head that off at that moment in time. So it's those sort of things that yeah. makes you different and makes you stand out. Oh, definitely. I agree. And as you said, that also brings in that all important information that is going to really put you in touch with the market and actually give you those ideas that could make you special and different and better really than than everybody else and and, you know what you're talking about is so familiar to me as well because I have worked with of course you know being in business I've worked with a lot of accountants I've worked with financial advisors I've had all of these people around me you know tax specialists for you know many many years and I have to say that the majority are extremely reactive And in fact, I think this goes for most service-based businesses. I think that they are reactive. They will put the effort into the sales because they know that they have to make the sales. Once they've actually uh, done that and they've made the sales, they will just sit back and provide a pretty lackluster service. And the people that actually don't do that, they stand out hugely. And as you said, how much does it take, you know, just to pick up the phone or just to send a message and say, look, you know, a free review, you know, just going to see how you're doing. Most people would love that, wouldn't they? Yeah, totally. No, totally. And we do it all the time. You know? And uh, yeah, and, and it's lovely to see the light bulb moment goes on with these people, you know, at times, you know, and, and also more importantly, it's lonely sometimes. Lonely yeah. at the time. It is. And, uh, you know, and when you have somebody who really cares about, genuinely cares, not just for the sake of it, but genuinely cares yeah. about you and your business, how you're getting on and wants to help and wants to solve the pains that you have. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It goes a long way in various ways, not only helping your business, but also helping them. Yeah. Having a conversation with somebody the other day about love. And I said, well, you know, for me, love is sacrifice, right? 
if you if you, you we love our children most of us love our children right so we make these sacrifices we go and stand on you know with the edge of freezing cold football pitches to watch a very substandard game because yeah. we love them and we want to show them that we've made that effort and you can really translate that into again you know customer care because at the end of the day, people want to feel loved. They want to feel as though actually they're cared about. And the only way to do that really is by giving them your time or attention or even, you know, even you can automate it, obviously, and systemize up to a certain point. But there comes a point at which that dialogue is needed, right? It's quite funny, in fact, because, you know, you know, obviously, from the Bible, it talks about love your neighbors yourself, you know, type of thing. And and the concept is that why would you want to treat others how you would want to be treated? You know, in other words, why, 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 you know, if you feel that, you know, you would like people to treat you in a way that, you know, is respectful, is, is caring, is understanding, why should you not do it to somebody else? Yeah. And and that's that's the issue in the sense of, you know, when we do shaft people, when we cut corners or whatever it is, and when it's reciprocated back to us, we're so in up in arms and well, oh yeah, we've been this, we've been that. But we sometimes need to look at our own life and our own business and see where we're doing that to somebody else. Yes. And and and, and have the same, you know, anger about the whole issue. Because ultimately yeah. you reap what you sow. So yeah. if you want that sort of approach, you'll get the return for it. You'll, you'll get a relationship that is, that is based, like we talked about, this client-supplier relationship. But if you want the relationship which is based on a partnership, which is about values, is about understanding and caring and respecting one another and, 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 and sharing the success in that process rather than getting one up on one other, on somebody else or on, on the clients, then, you know, you receive, you know, the the, the 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 fruits of that, as they say, you know, either way. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a principle, a lifelong principle that I've seen too many times, you know. So, well, and of course, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, Richard Branson, said that if you look after your employees before you look after your customers, because your employees are looking after your customers, there you go. so you you train them to care. And then you're taking care of business. Yep. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Love, loving this conversation. So let's get on to this topic of innovating your products. So that's something that you've done a lot in the healthcare sector. And we're also going to talk about patents as well. So, so Wayne, tell us what you're up to right now, because it is very exciting. In the yeah, so I'm, I'm 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 working on a number of projects. The one, probably one that's more pertinent to our conversation is working with one of my business partners in the US around a, a digital healthcare platform. So, what I mean by that is that typically your healthcare data is everywhere. It was with doctors, it was with the chiropractors, on your wearables, as whatever it is. And and what we're trying to do, we're trying to not only to bring it all into one space. Um, but at the same time, we want to give the individual the opportunity to choose the healthcare plan, the, the, the treatment that they want to, rather than be prescriptive, that's treatment. So, for example, in the UK, you, there's only several drugs 
that are available for, you know, high blood pressure or for, you know, controlling, you know, cholesterol or whatever it is, because the government doesn't want a peripheral of different drugs. They want whatever. But, but the problem is, is that everybody is unique. Everybody's different. And what may work for one person may not work for another person. And therefore, we have the opportunity to be able to create healthcare needs and plans which are unique to that individual. And we do that by several things. So we hold all the data using blockchain technology, and that's another conversation for another day. Okay. <laughs> so we create, we create some new innovation around, around holding data securely. It allows you to control your data. You can then release some of that as you need. Most people don't appreciate that hospitals, they send your data out on you anonymously for a fee to pharmaceutical companies, for healthcare organizations like Cambridge Analytica, all those sort of things without you knowing. You have now the opportunity to control your data. And if you want to, to send that out for, you can, should be able to benefit from sharing your data. So we create an opportunity using the blockchain. And then we create some really cool artificial intelligence, machine learning software that interrogates data and then allows us to recommend solutions to you based on your healthcare needs. And you can take that healthcare information and talk that through with your physician or doctor. So we're just in the middle of, of, of just finishing. We've just got the patents finished. And the patterns around the artificial intelligence, the way that it works and interprets the information and the blockchain is proprietary technology, um, which is around, but we're building all the system around that and uh, yeah, and getting some pilots done and away, way we go. So, so yeah, so coming up with patterns, patterns allows us to be able to again, distinguish ourselves to other people in the marketplace. Yeah. And it also becomes a commercial barrier for other people trying to do what we're doing. Yeah. And that's the key thing. Patterns tend to be up to about 15 years in terms of life. And so therefore you had that lead in the marketplace yeah. to be able to sell your products effectively. And, and that's the power of, 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 um, of patents in that process. Yeah. Yeah, so so well first first off I've got to say that product sounds absolutely amazing. Really, really does and very, very powerful. And the, I, I it's gonna be so exciting to see it roll out. On the topic of patents, patents are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they can be expensive, absolutely. But to 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 establish the initial, how can I put it, concept to see whether it's worthwhile filing it. Or, yeah. or to applying for it, it doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, it doesn't cost a lot of money. You can do it yourself. You can yes. look at the, the the patent office here in the UK. We're now because of blah blah blah. We're out of because of Brexit. We're now separate from the European Patent Agency as an organisation. So, so you need to, to if you want coverage UK and Europe, you need to do two separate filings. But generally, you know, you do the UK filing and, and it shouldn't cost you a lot of money, a few hundred pounds. I think yeah. I, I, I'm from what, one, what I understand. And, and then obviously, yes, getting a good patent attorney. If you feel you got that a year, once you filed that, that initial thing that you can do yourself, or if you want yeah. to you can get a patent attorney to do it, that may cost you a few thousand pounds, but generally you can do it yourself. And then you've got a year, year to establish 
whether you can talk to people about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. So it gives you that protection over that period of time. Yeah. And then after a year, then it allows you then to say, okay, all right, I think we've got something here. Let's embellish the patterns, fill it out, put all the claims in. And the claims are basically, this is what we think we can do, which is different than anything else that has been ever created. So you have those series of, of claims. Once you do that, you file that, then you have the right to be able to push that out to a global market. And, that, and yeah. that's where all the money starts racking up. <laughs> so, but, but you need to be by then. Hopefully you'll have a product in yeah. play. You know, you have some uh, monies, revenue generated and profits on the back of that. And that's to help to fund all the additional patterns, prosecutions around different territories that you're operating in. Yes, yes. Or, uh, I mean, of course, in tech, because tech is expensive to, to develop and particularly original tech and, and all the AI that you're using and so on. And of course, a lot of people, they also, by that time, they will have, have brought some funding into the business, won't they? And and yeah. so that is the next step, isn't it? It's the kind of evolution that, you know, really secures a business or a new product from, as you said, somebody just coming in and poaching it. There you go. And it just creates that value. So if you're talking about having a business which has value, yeah. Then, you know, patents and provides that additional goodwill value. Um, yeah. And that's why people, as you rightly point out, are prepared to pay a lot more money for, for businesses that have that intellectual property or IP protection around yeah. it than anything else. But it's a little bit more than that. Intellectual property is not only patents, but also trademarks. And what I mean by that, you know, yeah. a, a classic example is the Nike symbol, the whoosh, the swoosh you know, yeah, symbol. Yeah that you see littered everywhere. So yes. you use that also as a means of augmenting the brand, making it distinct, yeah. making it unique. And even the way that those, the swoosh is created, you can actually design trademark that as well. So nobody can copy the way that it's shaped. So you not only got the words that are, are covered, you know, Nike, that's covered, but also the symbol is covered as well. So you've got those opportunities there. If you've got a little small business to do that, again, it's not going to cost you a lot of money, but ultimately it gives you that protection, especially if you've got a design that's unique, a product design that's unique, or feature that's unique, and it's the way it's shaped, it's maybe ergonomically more practical and whatever it is, you can, you can cover that mm -hmm. through either the train marking elements as well as well as obviously design pattern elements. So there's a whole host of different things you can just to ensure that you're distinguishing yourself. Remember, we come back to the beginning, distinguish yourself in the marketplace from everybody else. Yeah, and make your business more valuable because, because as you said, a lot of people want to exit their businesses at some point. Sure. Whether it's through an IPO or, or a sale to a third party or... Yeah release of some shares or something like yep. that. And th at that point, the business will have to be valued. And so the assets within the business and how they're protected, uh, surely that they are, that is going to be an important part of it. No, totally. And, 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 you know, to be fair, you said a lot of your companies are sort of smaller businesses. Don't, don't feel that this is the main of the big businesses. As small businesses, you can actually, you know, create some real strong assets on the back of that. 
And, and that's going to be a value, you know, if you want to sell your business, you know, you may be selling it for, you know, half a million or, you know, a million or even less, but it still adds value to what you're yeah. doing because you've got a, you create a reputation in the marketplace. Everybody recognizes the, the brand that recognizes yeah. the, you know, the smart connector at the back, you know, it's, it's recognizable as a design and as a feature that people yeah. immediately equate that design, logo, whatever, to culture, to how the business is, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's really important that, that, that brand extension, that brand communication, those things are really important. And, and doing that trademark element is, is a powerful way of, of, of cementing that. Yeah. Oh, this is such a good conversation. I'm loving it, <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So, so tell us more about your coaching business because that's another thing that you do, isn't it? Because obviously you have vast experience in terms of business growth. It's not, you're not just all about kind of intellectual property and innovation and patents. This is really all part of a kind of growth strategy that is leading towards exit, really, isn't it? So, do you do you help entrepreneurs who are on their way to an exit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do a lot of work with with companies on several aspects. In fact, first of all, our focus, as you rightly point out, is about growth. Yeah, and and it shouldn't be growth for the growth's sake. But if you're not growing as an organization, yeah, you're more likely going backwards rather than forwards. Yeah. So I would always question what you're trying to achieve going forward. You need to be moving forward and there needs to be some goals and elements which you're doing that. So what we always work with clients initially to say, okay, where do you want to go? Yeah. Get the exit bit, but just where do you want to go? Yeah. Because ultimately, and I'll see, I'll share with you why that's really important. But yeah. once we help them to understand where they want to go, principally over a three-year period, Nobody yeah. could have predicted COVID, but let's say three years period. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Then we work backwards and say, okay, based on the resources, based on your finance, based on how you are, where you are, you know, where this is how you start to get back on the ladder to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And that's really important because if you set the vision, it allows people to buy into where you want to go and to follow you on that trajectory. Yeah. And more importantly, it's important to have those steps to growth because if you want to exit, people want to see a business that is growing. Yeah. They do not want to see a business that is declining. No. <laughs> and so invariably, what we normally sometimes come with, with people is that they say, oh, I want to exit my business and you know, I'm done. I'm, I've lost my mojo. I'm, I'm finished. And then we say to them, yeah, but you're, the way that you looked at the numbers of the last three years, they, is your, your business is not as valuable as you think it is. So either you get your mojo back and we can help you to do that and, and, and start to move the business in the right trajectory because that will allow you to be able to command the exit sums that you require going yeah. forward. So, so on that p- p- perspective, that's why it's really important to think ahead what you want to do because that will become the, the foundation to allow you to exit effectively going forward because you have the track record of demonstrating that, you know, your business is growing time and time again. And therefore it says to the seller, okay, over the next three years, my business, that business is going to be increasing. 
Therefore, I will, I will guarantee, inverted commas, my return by buying the business at X amount of pounds or dollars. Yes. Or what yes. It is. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. And I, I was also just thinking about the business that I exited. So, well, we sold it to a US um, communications group. And actually, when I came into the business, it really was on its knees. It was technically insolvent, but it had this incredible history yeah. and heritage of really fantastic creative work. But some things had happened. The owner had actually fallen out with his business partner who'd run off to the US. And so he'd been involved in this big legal battle for all the shares. And it wasn't that it was a bad business. It was a good business. But all of a sudden, you know, just this instability had been introduced and it just meant he'd taken his eye off the ball and things had got wobbly. So sometimes, sometimes businesses, even when they they don't show a healthy balance sheet or they don't show a steady uh, track record of growth, sometimes they can still be good businesses, can't they? They're just good businesses in trouble. And that's not the time to exit, is it? Absolutely, 100%. And I think, you know, even though it's tough and it's difficult, I always say to people, get some good support to help yeah. you to create that growth trajectory over the next three years. And then, yeah. then you've got the track record to be able to, and, and the story to communicate to potential buyers that, you know, this is a good business and, you know, and has, has legs going forward. So. Yes, yes. And you're an investor as well, aren't you, uh, Wayne? Yeah. I mean, you've invested in your own business and you've invested in others, haven't you? So, uh, totally. what, yeah. So what, what would you look for then as, as an investor? I, I'm always interested in. in, in <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as always, you, you, you want to, first of all, realize that the you know, proposition is meeting the needs of potential customers going forward. So it comes, yeah. come back to this customer centric type thinking. Yeah. And, and ultimately, whether your service is going to meet that need and therefore there's a need and there's an ongoing need because that's the, yeah. you, know, you don't want to sell flash in the pan type investment unless you're going to get appropriate returns and then you know they're going to come out in 24 months or whatever it is. One of those widget toys or fidget toys or whatever it is or Rubik's yeah, Cube, yeah. you know it's going to be boom and bust and you're out of the door. But generally, most businesses are not like that. So... You want to uh, to identify that you know it's it's it's, it's important. And I think for me also, and I always say to other people, focus on the investments where you have some understanding and some some background around you. Yeah. Very 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 rarely, you know, uh, and you know we can talk about Richard Branson and other other people who are well known for doing that. But without exception, they've always got people who have understood the market they're about to enter. Yes. And the voice, in other words, the CEO of his initial Virgin Cola knew about drinks because he came from another corporate on that side, you know, yeah. and the same thing with, you know, the, the, the spaceship or whatever. He's always created people who understood the market and able to, you know, back those yeah. people. So backing people who understand the market, but more importantly, yeah. if you can understand the market as well, then it makes it an easier thing to invest in as well. Um, yes. But again, the big one is the, the team. You know, you've got to have a good, you know, believe in the, in the people that are, you know, you are, you are backing in that respect and that in the process. And, and, and that's what obviously investors look for as well and their ability to execute and, and, you know, you know, techie people, scientific people, sometimes not the best, you know, people in relation to commercially sell and close. 
So you want to ensure that if that's not part of that, you want to get somebody like a top guy who's able to, you know, come alongside them and, and provide that commercial ability to sell. Cause it's all about selling at the end of the day. It's all about, you know, growing the business and you don't want somebody who's is very poor at, at selling the concepts into the marketplace. You want some top people there to do that. So rambled on a little bit, but you know, in focus proposition, understand clear for the customers, leadership team. And more importantly, I would say just be uh, understanding of the market. Don't, don't do toffees or confectionery where you've got nothing to do with retail. You know, if your focus is on marketing, pick marketing businesses to invest in. Or if it's, you know, healthcare, pick healthcare businesses to invest in. Yeah, I think that's such a, such a good point. Yeah, so so all, all lots and lots of good points, actually, Wayne. So thank you so much for that. Well, no listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. What amazing insights and wisdom you have to share. And thank you so much for sharing them. So it's been great to have you on the show. And what's the best way for our listeners and our viewers to get in touch with you if they'd like to speak to you about about their business. Now, sure, you can uh, obviously access the website at uh, wsqsolutions.com. So it's whiskey, sugar, Quebec, solutions with an S.com. And uh, on there, access to the book. So we've talked a lot about stuff. Ten Commandments of Business Growth. You'll have access on the, the website for that as well. So you can contact me there. Or I'm sure uh, Jane will drop a, a link there in terms of directly Wayne Wright, W-A-Y-N-E, W-R-I-G-H-T at WSQSolutions.com. Happy to take the call. We do offer, if you want to just have a general chat, a free chat, happy to engage and have a chat with you on that. And uh, so I'd so love to, yeah, to continue our conversation anyway, but hope this has been of value and help to you and to your, your, the people on the show. Thank you, Wayne. It certainly has. So look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.